to Star Girl Podcast. This is season two, episode 12, summer school, chapter 12. We're almost done with this summer school era. I am joined once again by Lizzie, and by I, I mean Angie, because I'm just mixing up all of my sentences today. But you know what? We're going to keep this. Don't edit this out, Lizzie. Just keep it. This is just where we are. You're like Yoda now. (laughs) I just speak backwards and I subsist only on a diet of diet soda and chocolate which Lizzie was making fun of me for off air right now but we might as well bring that up too (laughs) I mean to be fair and I I want this on the record I wasn't making fun of it as much as being like I can't have those two things together (laughs) but I you know when you have a a four-month-old baby that you're trying to get to sleep through the night you basically stick whatever works in your mouth to get energy whether it's chocolate diet soda I mean I've had many many cups of coffee today too but I'm ready to talk about episode 12 Lizzie I'm here you probably have made less of a mess than Buddy did at the beginning of this episode in an empty house and then everyone just walked in and we're like oh so cute this dog which is not actually the reaction of people with dogs. I will just have to say that. If my dog, we have two dogs, and if one of them gets into something they shouldn't, I'm like, what the hell? I have to clean this up now? That's that's the energy you have walking into that mess. Right, and then my shoes. Like, I'm not like, I wouldn't be very happy to see the dog like shoeing on anything, like on my shoes. No, and then he's- it wasn't like the, and what was it, uh, some sort of cheese puffs, it was like Cheetos <laughs> kind of thing, and it just, and I can just imagine having to clean him and look, okay, no, this is a tangent, it's not important, it was supposed to be the light moment, but that's just not how you react. <laughs> this is the new apples for us, we couldn't get, we couldn't get over the unsanitary apples, and now we can't get over this dog making a big old mess in the house and no one reacting as such. I mean, the staff had the correct reaction. The staff was like, hey, don't do this. I'm going to chase you now because you're doing bad stuff. Then You know what? Go Cosmo. You you had the right reaction. I'm glad the staff is back, was charged by the energy of I'm too sexy. <laughs> the, the staff is the only adult present, apparently. <laughs> in the Whitmore house. In the Whitmore house. Though Barbara did spend the entire episode being mom to everyone, not just Courtney. She mom everyone. Um, she mom Jenny. She even mom Cindy. So like, I know, like a mom making you a sandwich, that's a love language. Like that's how that's how moms express their affection is by like making you food. So like right. somehow Barbara cares for Cindy, which is kind of adorable. And Cindy seemed to like actually appreciate it. The only times where she didn't seem to be talking in sarcasm, and she, she wasn't being sarcastic, was when she was actually talking to Barbara. It was the only sort of moment that felt genuine, except when she was just going at Yolanda because she's. We we can go into that later, but like the smartest of them all. Like I gotta give it to Cindy. It's like. <laughs> like I'm gonna try the gentle approach my best friend I love you Cindy's like I got a better idea I'll take care of us 
Cindy's like the bad cop, but also I like how she was still like respectful towards Barbara because she kept calling her Ms. Whitmore. And I was like, it's kind of like how Beth and Rick call that like Mr. Dugan. It's just right. It's really adorable. God, these kids. Um, because and we seem to be, I don't know, having more kids. And thankfully, we're starting to get more like adult figures these kids can look up to because Beth and and shock. And when he was like, you can call me shock, and the entire fangirling moment between Beth and Dr. Midnight was really cute. It really was. And I like that. I like that he vouches for her without knowing her as well as Pat knows her. Um, but he still vouches for her saying, like, what I know of Beth Chapel, she's ready, basically. I like that he's less protective and less, like, fatherly over her and is acting more like a partner. I really like that. I think that's going to be really fun to see next season is them two, like, working in a partnership who he just happens to be a little bit older it's kind of like an odd couple thing in a way right like they're so different but they're going to be like in this partnership together i think that's going to be really fun i i enjoyed what what we saw of them like the episode didn't really focus on them but at the same time i really do enjoy when pat dugan gets all father figure like the thing we don't know what happened like he calls the blinds with rick's uncle but like, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I know there were people like I saw comments on Twitter of people being like, "I don't like this dark side of Pat Dugan." And I was like, "Whatever happened inside that room? That guy deserved it." Okay, I don't feel bad for Rick's uncle. Uh, he's still alive. I don't feel bad. Well, I'm just worried about our perfect Pat because, like, is he no longer perfect now? Like, I want to know. What did he do? What did he do, Lizzie? Because it's not like he, we know he doesn't have any like powers. It's not like he has any like magical powers of persuasion to get him to do stuff. So, and he also couldn't beat him up anymore because he was already fully like, that was paralyzed essentially. So, like, what did he do? Like, what else can we assume other than he killed him? But I don't think Pat would actually kill anyone based on how. He was reacting this whole season about the JSA killing Bruce Gordon. Right, but he also couldn't have killed him because he dropped the charges later. That's mentioned. My uncle dropped the charges, Rick says. So mm-hmm. he's still alive, presumably not more physically hurt, because if he were, the hospital would have noticed. Um, that's very easy to track, despite Pag just like thinking that he can close the blinds and no one's gonna notice that he was there and the guy ended up so. I'm actually thinking we should probably start our speculation closer to the first thing you said, which is he has no powers that we know of. That we or know he's of. Got no magical artifact that we know of. Because hmm. um, he's going to have done something to convince him, quote unquote. Um, and I think that's probably something that they threw in there and they're not going to explain till season three. And like, maybe probably not at the beginning of season three. But I think we're clear that Pat probably didn't beat him up. Not only because it doesn't make sense for Pat, which just it doesn't make sense for the story, but in the end, he did quote unquote convince him to drop the charges, um, which is good because poor Rick was eating those apples. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
And then uh, that storyline seems to be going where we said it was going to go, which is Pat just threw the notebook back at Reagan's like, okay, so fix this. Yeah. And Rick's just like going through the diagrams and like complicated like chemistry like equations nothing. or something. I I don't I know nothing of this type of stuff, obviously. So who knows what's in there? But I guess Rick is just gonna solve it easy peasy because he's the Tyler. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's what's gonna happen. Um, I also would have, well, I mean, I guess Eclipso was a bigger problem, but I would have sort of liked to see Dr. Midnight react to Rick. Uh, but I did like that they kept it to Pat. Um, I also think when Rick asks Pat uh, what happened with his uncle, um, I think it would be very naive of him to believe Pat when Pat's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So Rick probably knows better. Or if not, I'm sure season three is going to... Uh, let him know that it wasn't just like casual dropping the charges. Yeah, because even if for whatever reason, Pat has some kind of powerful artifact or power in himself, he still prefaces it by saying, I got some bad in me too. So we know it's not like whatever he did wasn't completely like innocent. You know, like there was some like there was nefarious intent regardless of the outcome which is good of getting rick out of jail to save the world um so that's something we have to like think about is like how much darkness we will tolerate out of these characters we love right because we had courtney give in to a little bit in the previous episode and that seems to be like eclipso's end game is to like turn courtney and then Take, take over? over the world. Take over Courtney first. Like I guess she's gonna be the yeah. host. He needs the host, maybe, uh, as a shield, as this episode sort of explain it. And then, like Cindy says, right now evil is relative because we have Eclipse. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Pat, I'm pretty sure it has to be something like he did something to um, sort of force Rick's uncle to do what he wanted. Like he tried to convince him. And then he he turned very cagey and like did the whole blinds thing. Uh, but we know he didn't probably didn't beat him up, but he got what he wanted. So it feels like he's, but he, I mean, we assume so. Because all we know is that the charges were dropped. Um, so because that's what Rick says when he walks out. So I assume it wouldn't be as simple as his uncle had died or something. Um, and they wouldn't say that the charges were dropped. So I think it might be just, I mean, I, we don't know how many artifacts from the JSA pad is in possession of. Like he might have, I don't know, some magic mind control. I don't know. Um, but it feels <laughs> like- He sent Hootie the owl into the hospital room to convince the uncle. Um, and um, it, it feels like considering what this uh, season has set up a Pat Dugan, he would consider that a bad thing. Um, like maybe just taking advantage of someone that way because he is actually forcing them to do something um, they don't want to do. Even though, as you said, it's not like a bad thing that he's getting to do. I don't know. I, I don't know that I will mind as long as it's this level of, because I mean, we love Pat, but Pat cannot be perfect. Like he's already 
all the things he's done that you could say are questionable are good bad things, even mm -hmm. keeping the secret from Courtney. Mm -hmm. um, I think it might be interesting to explore something that isn't necessarily as black and white as what we've seen, but he's still doing for the right reasons, which is to save Rick. Yeah, and, and the world. Yeah, the greater good. I was just thinking, did he, am I misremembering, or did he drop a line of something about being in the army, or? Yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. so some army people are trained in interrogation and, like, torture and shit stuff, right? Like, doesn't, could it be that just Pat was using those kinds of things that he picked up from his time in the army? It, it might be, but like I, I also think, how much could he have gotten away with doing physically to this man who was already beat up and in the hospital without like them noticing? Like, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what he did and how we'll react once we find out. Um, because it's as you said, how much darkness are we willing to put up with from Pat Dugan? Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's like how it's up to the JSA themselves to decide how much darkness to use to fight the darkness, because right. that's that's something that they could lean into. Although we know inevitably that the best thing to fight the darkness is the light, which is Courtney and her staff and her inner light and all of that. But how much darkness are they going to use to get there? Right. Um, um, I mean, I, I don't know if the answer, because, I mean, Eclipso keeps talking about the darkness inside of Courtney, and I, I, it also seems, feels like it's obvious that the, is, that the answer will be that we all have darkness, but Courtney is choosing the light. Mm -hmm. Like, how else are they going to defeat Eclipso? Uh, and maybe it'll be choosing the light and sort of choosing each other as a team, like, because I think that the the fears that Calypso is putting on Jenny's head, because Jenny hasn't seen this vision of Courtney like um, just for giggles. Like it's it's just like it's not like oh I would like to know for you to know what's coming. It's so she's scared of Courtney, um, and even though she's now got Joanna who's apparently her bodyguard, like. We don't know. Like, I adore John, but this was so on character. <laughs> and I actually love that they did it because Courtney tried to appeal to her, to their friendship, which which actually was a good appeal. It's clear mm -hmm. Yolanda cares. But Yolanda was very easily, um, like, she, she resisted Courtney very easily. And then Sydney came and Sydney admitted something that we all knew was true. Henry wasn't the one who sent those pictures. Mm -hmm. um, we knew from the beginning, um, but for Cindy to be like, this is a moment to pull that out. Um, and and she, like, she said she played Yolanda like a fiddle. She got what she wanted. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. got what she thought the team needed. Like, Cindy doesn't actually care. She just wants to be the club stuff. Um, and if they need Yolanda, so be it. And then Yolanda with the whole, like, I'm never wearing that costume again. I hate, hate the costume. And then she picks it up and she's smiling. Girl, just get <laughs> yourself a new one. Right? Or just, like, get Corey to sell you a new one if you don't like that one. Like, what is the issue? I know. I wanted to kind of 
talk about the whole evil is relative thing because that is something that the shade also brought up like that was basically his overall point is that like yeah i'm not a great guy but eclipso is way worse and that's the same thing like cindy is saying so i'm thinking like can we actually trust cindy the way that we inevitably trusted the shade to get courtney back and i think we can i think she's proven herself to be like an interesting character that we want to see around and the only way for her to be around is if they trust her enough um and then there's also that like phone call that she makes at the end of the episode which is obviously how we're going to get like artemis back and probably sportsmaster tigress i'm hoping right more characters that they don't necessarily trust right now but who are going to add like really fun dynamics to the team Right. I, I think it's clear that Cindy, considering that we know, I, I don't think we've heard anything about Meg DeLacy for season three, but we know Sportsmaster and Tigers are coming back. So it sort of feels like we're going to have a weird mesh of a team in, in season three, especially because Mike is now recruiter number one and Jaquim, the two of them, they look like they were 12, which I know they're not, but like in comparison to the other kids, which to me look like they're 15, which they're like, 15, 16. Um, I know Mike and Courtney are not supposed to have that much of an age difference, really. It's supposed to be like 17 and 15, but I just, I see Mike and he seems like eight to me. Mm-hmm. And when he was with Jaquim, Jaquim also seemed like, when he was like, I'm gonna save the world, but can you help me do the dishes first? I was like, these kids, someone protect them from the world and from Jaquim's sister too while we're at it. They were so precious and I love like you just know that they are such baby boys because they wished for food like you have the ultimate power in the world and you wished for a giant hamburger that is just the the most precious thing which is why Joaquin deserves the thunderbolt that's all he wants he just wants a good meal the worst CGI hamburger ever True. Also, because I mean, nothing in this show has ever looked as fake as that burger did. Yeah. Um, I was like, it was almost not worth putting in there because the quality, the visual quality of the show is much better than that. And I think they ran out. Right? Like the budget ran out, or they had to save something for episode 13 because I was looking at that burger and I was like, can we just not focus on it again? Like, I'm fine. Just tell me that it's there. Now I'll believe you. Because, no. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I feel like the dynamics are going to be very different. And at this point, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, even Mike needs to sort of find his place within the JSA, either as Stripe C Jr. or whatever it is. Um, or is he going to, like, stay with Stripe and Pat's going to do something else, depending on whatever it is Pat did to mm. Rick's uncle, like it, it, a lot of interesting possibilities. And then we still haven't seen Joel McHale. Why did you promise me Star- Starman? And then like, I've been dreading Starman all season and it's episode 12 and no Starman. You could have just told me, he'll be in season three, but don't worry about him in season two. And I would have had a moment of rest instead of worrying about him showing up every episode. Well, obviously now he has to show up in episode 13 
I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing they pulled on us in season one. Like and he's just going to like show up at the end and the staff is going to like fly to him like a happy dog or something. And then we're going to be mad. And then we're going to have to vent our frustrations in the in-between season of Stargirl podcast. Oh, but I mean, I just, we promise we are going to try to give Starman a chance. Try being the operative word here. Try. Um, um, but yeah, another thing we haven't talked about is that residue or whatever that um, Jenny sort of ended up absorbing or the ring ended up absorbing. It, it's hard to tell, but it was like, I don't know why these kids are like, we've been here for 12 episodes and you're still like touching or getting close to things that have like, why? Ben, um, yeah. you know better. Unless it's a giant burger, don't go near it. Why would, why? But, so what do you think of her, the vision that she had? Do you think it's, if it's something that is like destined to come true, like we're going to see that scene at some point, what is the workaround around that? And the only thing that I can think of is that's how the thunderbolt comes into play. So if we have to see bodies on the ground, maybe it's the thunderbolt who makes it look like everyone has died or something, but actually they're not. Right, that, that's an interesting idea. I don't, I don't, it feels like the show has sort of set up an immense amount of things that they cannot pay off. And I know. I, I know that the season three is assured, but like at this point, we'll be lucky if we can get rid of Eclipse. Cause there's just too many things hanging. Oh, you know what we didn't bring up also is the shade like randomly whispering at Barbara. So he's not completely gone either. When are we gonna deal with that? Right, but that's probably a season three thing. But we talked about it last week because we said, oh, it feels very convenient and easy to get rid of a character as interesting as the shade. Mm-hmm. Um, a character we didn't think was going to be as interesting as he ended up being. I think the actor did such a great job with a character that always sort of played it in the middle. Uh, but those characters are very hard to do because sometimes you don't believe that they're really in the middle. Like sometimes those characters skew too much one way and you, you never believe they're going to do anything bad or you just don't believe that they'll ever do anything good. He did a really good job of staying in the middle and you were like, Right now, dude, it could go anyway. I don't know what you're going to do. Um, so I think he's an interesting character to sort of keep in the back pocket. Um, and I think that sort of proves that we are going to, our joke that everyone comes back in the show except Henry Jr. is going to come out, turn out to be true. Everyone's going to come back at some point except Henry Jr. Well, that's just our luck, isn't it? Yeah, I think Cindy's for sure going to stick around just because she's interesting in the same way. The shade is interesting. Um, We just have to figure out and speculate a way for Henry Jr. to come back. And then maybe that'll that'll happen. I don't know. I don't know. But I I think Cindy's staying. Like, also, I think an interesting thing about Cindy is that even if she was talking to Artemis, for example, she's not exactly friends with Artemis. Like, in fact, the closest thing she's got to a friend is Courtney, actually. 
which is weird, but they've had more heart of hearts than Cindy has had with anyone in, in this show. Um, but that would be an interesting dynamic, even with the Yolanda of it all, because Yolanda literally came back to the JSA because she was like, I'm not letting her near my friends that I presumably didn't care about leaving to die last episode. But I'm, I'm like, I was fine leaving you to die in Eclipso's hands, but not in Cindy Berman's hands. Like, it's like the logic is a little faulty here, John. <laughs> She takes she takes it very personally when it comes to Cindy for some reason. Yeah, I kind of love the pettiness of it all. And I mean, she's got a reason. Like, I think her hearing that it was Cindy who sent the pictures was probably a confirmation of something she knew because she'd already for, forgiven Henry. OK, so that was sort of like the same trauma of everything she lost of the way people looked at her or the way her mother looked at her and everything she lost that maybe till five minutes earlier she'd been blaming on Courtney in a little in some way and now she found a really good person to blame it on because it was actually Cindy who was responsible um, but that also sets up if Cindy's staying and Yolanda staying in the JSA which I assume she will that sets up a very nice triangle of I mean, we're not talking about a romantic triangle, I think. Um, though Andy and I are on record saying we wouldn't mind. But it's it's a very interesting friendship dynamic for now, at least. Because um, it's clear Jolanda was a little jealous. It's like, I'm not leaving you with her. Mm -hmm. This whole line that, she, that Courtney had earlier about like, you're my best friend. The JSA isn't the same without you. I'm not the same without you. That's a ship worthy quote right there. I'm not the same without you. That mm, I love it. I'm loving it. I also like that we see that cute little note again, the like, I can't do this alone note with the star and the cat. And Courtney says like, I can't do this alone, mom. So I think that's going to come back. Or I think that like there's going to be this focus on everyone assembling and the only way that they can defeat Eclipso is like the power of all of them together, not just like Courtney, even though it seems like they're leading us to believe that it's just Courtney. I think inevitably it's going to be like this power of like love of everyone like coming together in addition to Courtney's like light powers. Right. I, I, I think it's it's going to take like maybe the next episode we're going to have Courtney sort of struggling with the darkness and what Eclipso sort of represents. And then her team is going to rally around her. I, I do think we're going to have a moment of doubt with Jenny or something with Jenny. Because if not, the, the whole thing that she saw makes no sense. But I do think we're going to have the team sort of rally and maybe even the, her family rally around Courtney um, and have her sort of be able to stay in the light because of the same thing Dr. Midnight told her last episode to sort of uh, hold on to the light um, and I think that's what Courtney is going to be able to do and that's how you defeat Eclipso. Um, apparently Eclipso without a host is different, maybe he can be destroyed um, and that just leaves everything else sort of hanging the dynamics, Cindy, uh, the Crocs, how they're going to come back. Um, all of that, the shade is going to be left hanging and as well Starman. as yeah, and what the team is going to look like next year. Um, 
with Jaquim, with um, Jenny, presumably, and we're gonna, we left the thing with Jenny's brother sort of hanging, and, but that's gotta come back. So there, there are a lot of things the show has done to set up season three, and I would say probably even a season four. Like, they've so many plot tracks hanging at this point that you could set up two more seasons, um, which I hope it's because they're they're planning in a way of like this is what we're gonna get um especially with some of the older superhero cw shows sort of feel like they're on the outs how many more seasons can the flash have mm-hmm. sorry andy but how many more seasons can the flash have andy <laughs> agreed yeah unless we forget like with the whole Jenny's brother thing, there's also Mr. Bones and potentially like the DEO can come into play. Like there's so, so much that we've talked about this season that could very well lead into season three and four. Like, and also we forgot about Hot Cameron is still around somewhere. Like, right? And he hasn't, I, I presume at this point, he's not going to show up in the finale because there, there's no like um, easy way to bring him in. Like, there's no organic way to, to bring him to the Eclipso thing, but there's a lot of setup there uh, for some drama with his relationship with Courtney and finding out that Michael, his dad, mm-hmm. his dad was evil. Like, there's a lot of it with the powers that we know he has and everyone in his family has. Just a lot. The only other thing that I kind of wanted to discuss is I thought it was really adorable that Dr. McKnighter always wants to wear a suit. Yeah, like, even yeah. though it's an old suit, he's like, no, I want to wear this suit. Right? He could have gotten, like, a better suit. That color is, looks good on no one. Like, I don't know what pad. Just, like, but fine. Like, I respect the man with taste. It's just, hopefully. I mean, I can't say that Bet should take him shopping because I have not seen Bet wearing one thing I would wear this entire season it's like she that like kudos to her because i mean i think i'm just too old for the fashion these kids are wearing like i feel aged like my age is showing every time i watch this show and i'm like do people wear that with that now it's like what so i I have no idea like every time courtney comes on screen with her cute little high-waisted jeans and little crop top i'm like is this what we're wearing now i can't remember the last time i wore a crop top or like Probably never <laughs> like it, it all has a 90s vibe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's just we're, we're old uh i'm sorry to say we are just not in that vibe but um yeah someone take chug shopping and please yeah i mean it can be bad he's relatively well dressed considering there's he doesn't really have much in the way of competition in this show so i mean the shade could pop by oh yeah that those are good suits those are classic timeless he's good at the suit wear a suit yeah yeah, put a top hat on Dr. McKnighter. We're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think before we end, we got to um, deliver our weekly content of objectifying someone. Apparently, <laughs> we, we, we did Dr. Midnight last week. So, who's the lucky? 
Who was it this time? Who was it this time? I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I, I saw some messages on Twitter talking about how we were the best podcast because of your tree trunks. <laughs> really? I was oh, like, I feel like that content is missing from this episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for appreciating my thirst for um, McNiter thighs. Uh, I'm glad I'm not alone in this. I really, um, I was pretty vulnerable when I said that, and now I feel like I'm being supported, supported in this thirst. So thank you. I will say the, the, the costume fits in much better than the suit in that regard. So, I mean, he should go back to it, but let's get back out of it. Like just mm -hmm. kids costumes. We've talked about this before. Um, but can we get uh, Rick back into his costume with his fake muscles or whatever it is that's going on there? Um, mm -hmm. Fix the hourglass, Rick. Uh, your team needs you, so. Yeah, how long is it gonna take you? Like two hours? That's fine. Right. Yeah, no big we, deal. Yeah, we know you're a genius. You've been proving it all, all season. And also, like, the thing with the t-shirt was set up for what? Like, at some point, I hope, like, is it just to show us that Rick was smart? We knew Rick was smart. He already figured stuff out in season one at the end. The last possible second, too. So this is like a trend. Um, or maybe Rick can just call his friend Grundy to come help. Like, because uh, mm. at this point, isn't Grundy, I'm supposed to assume Grundy's just behind Rick every time. Like, now that Rick isn't in jail, Grundy's probably outside the pit stop. Like, He's in the backyard, just, like, crouching behind tires. <laughs> yeah, he's got some more apples to throw. Right, he's looking for a window. Um, okay, yeah, this is spiraling now. So I think, mm. I think that's the end, and we don't know how this is going to be fixed. But we are going to try to do a live episode next uh, weekend, probably. Um, so you can see us like do this thing live, which is pretty much what we do. Probably that is, yeah. Barely any of these podcasts, which is this good. So, which is, I mean, I'm kind of proud of us. Let's be honest that we even have any amount of listeners who, indeed, respond to what we say, including my thirsty comments. So thank you everyone for your support. Um, in the meantime. You can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast 2. You can su subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network. We podcast for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast also has its own Tee Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merchandise, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear, as it supports the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And finally, if you have questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. At some point, when the season's over at this point, we're going to do uh, uh, an episode talking and responding to your emails. And I know. Okay, listen, let's end the episode with this. Have I mentioned lately that I have a four-month-old baby that doesn't let me sleep? So please, please forgive us for not responding right away. Thank you. We appreciate you, dear listeners. <laughs> Bye. Bye.